0: This is the Stand with Lynette podcast. You have episode 28, Go and Do, a post-conference invitation. What would your life be like if you knew you could stand firmly on the covenant path come what may? My name is Lynette Shepherd and I am here to help you do just that. If you are a Latter day Saint woman with a desire to brighten your faith as the world grows darker, you are in the right place. Together, let's stand. Hello, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Stand with Lynette. If you're here for the first time, welcome. I'm Lynette and I'm so happy that you are here. And I can't wait to talk to you today about some of my takeaways from General Conference, some of the things that I learned from General Conference and also an invitation for you to go and do based on whatever takeaways you received from General Conference. And I can't wait to dive into that first. I want to just apologize in advance. If you hear some background noise, we've got some people outside doing some work in our yard and I did not know that they would be coming today and I've got to get this recording done. So we're gonna plow ahead. Hopefully it's not too loud or distracting, but just so you know, if you hear anything, that is why I apologize for that. Secondly, I wanted to ask you a question. Did you know that I send out a weekly, my goal is weekly, sometimes it doesn't always end up weekly, but a weekly email newsletter where I share five quick things that I have been thinking about that week. I share a variety of things, everything from recipes to products that I love, to quotes, to conference talks, BYU speeches, and so much more. It is a scannable, practical, and uplifting email newsletter and you can sign up by downloading my manifesto, Covenant Women Who Stand, which there's a link here in the show notes or the the show description on whatever podcast app you are listening. Or you can head to my website, lynetteshepherd.com and you can download the manifesto there. And by downloading it, you not only get that, but you will also be signed up for this weekly newsletter. Again, five quick things, a variety of things. There's something for everybody in these newsletters. So I invite you to sign up if you have not already done that. Okay, let's get to the good stuff. Let's get to general conference. And I literally love conference weekend i look forward to it all year long i wish it happened more than twice a year but in recent years with the increased turbulence that's been happening in the world i have almost an insatiable desire to hear what our prophet and our other leaders have to say because i know that their messages are inspired of god they tell us what the lord would have us know and do at this very particular moment in history. Each session to me feels like a fire hose of revelation and I cannot write fast enough to record all the good stuff. I cannot wait and I'm so looking forward to reading, to marking, to studying, and most importantly to applying each talk to my life. I feel like I really don't grasp everything until I see it and I'm able to read and mark and do all of that stuff, but I feel an urgency behind all of these messages, and discovering how to apply them to my life and then actually doing those things feels more important than than ever for me. Prophetic blessings of strength and spiritual protection often accompany the counsel that is given by our prophets in these general conference sessions, and I feel like I desperately need those blessings. I have always made it a priority to watch General Conference. I have not always, however, felt quite so excited about it. In the not so distant past, watching or listening to the talks in real time felt like enough. I would often think, well, that was an amazing talk. And sometimes I would even take notes. But then when the session was over, I would set aside my notebook and go about my merry way as if nothing had happened. Occasionally, I would pull out the conference edition of the Ensign or read a talk or two online, but that was about the extent of my study. I did not read reread all of the talks after conference was over, and most of the time, I never quite reached the application part. But what good are inspired messages from God unless we take the time to study and apply them? The Spirit cannot teach us how those messages will fortify our faith or grant us the prophetic blessings attached to them when they are collecting dust on a shelf or tucked away out of sight in the Gospel Library app. So I ask you, my friend, how will you be different because of what you have heard at General Conference? What did the Spirit teach you? And how you, will you apply what you learned? While you consider that, please allow me to share some of my favorite takeaways from General Conference, what the Spirit taught me, and how I plan to move forward with faith and greater determination to follow Him. While my insights may be different from yours, they probably will be, but perhaps perhaps Listening to what I pulled away from conference will get you thinking about how you might be able to apply the principles in your unique circumstances. With that introduction, let's talk about takeaway number one for me was that the prophet loves us. Because this realization hit me really hard during the last sentence of the last talk of the last session, Maybe I should share it last, but it underscores everything else that the Spirit taught me. So I believe it belongs first. I love our prophet, President Russell M. Nelson, as I have watched him lead this church under the direction of our Savior Jesus Christ through an extremely tumultuous time. I have often been in awe of his quiet strength and fierce determination. He has been publicly dragged through the mud on more than one occasion. The cries of fallen prophet were almost deafening for a time. Many left the church because they did not not like what he had to say. And through it all, he remained undaunted in his faith and his leadership. I have no doubt that he has wrestled with the great responsibility the Lord has placed upon his shoulders. I'm sure he has agonized about how to address certain controversial issues, knowing he could not possibly say what every person wanted to hear. He probably knew some people would be angry with him or even with God because of what he said, but he could not remain silent. The mantle of a prophet is heavy, even in calm times. How much heavier must it be for the prophet in times such as ours? Yet, when President Nelson said his parting words, ending the conference by saying, Brothers and sisters, I love you. And then, with tears in his eyes, he said, May God be with you until we meet again. It almost felt like a final goodbye from this 98-year-old spiritual giant, but he's going to make it to 100, right? Or longer than 100. Or perhaps he is simply coming face-to-face with his mortality following his recent 98th birthday, realizing that he may not have many more years left with us. Whatever the case, his love for us was evident, not only in his words, but in his very demeanor. He carries the heavy mantle of leadership because he loves God and he loves us. He wants us to find joy by following Jesus Christ. He wants us to navigate the treacherous conditions of the world with greater perspective and deeper faith. And he will labor until his last breath in that service. How I love President Nelson and I will follow him with faith. All right, takeaway number two, Jesus Christ is always the answer. There were not many earth-shattering announcements other than, of course, 18 new temples and a new For the Strength of Youth pamphlet, which we'll talk about in a minute, but almost every talk pointed us back to Jesus Christ. His love, his atonement, how he overcame the world so that we can overcome our challenges. I felt like Jesus was the focus of this conference. I especially loved Elder Ryan K. Olson's talk. Despite the fact that he looked way too young to be a general authority, he said something that has been playing in my mind ever since. Quote, the answer is always Jesus, Unquote. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Through him, we can be saved. With his help, we can accomplish the seemingly impossible. Sometimes I worry that my weaknesses and my imperfections will keep me from doing God's work. And if I cannot do his work well enough, what will that mean for those whom I am trying to serve? When I heard Elder Olson say, quote, It is going to be okay because it is his work, unquote, I heard, you are not powerful enough to mess up god's plan it will all work out because he is in charge not you understanding that jesus is the answer and that his work will roll forward despite my shortcomings relieves some of the pressure i sometimes feel to serve him perfectly it reminds me that serving god is not about me it is about him and it is about feeding his sheep And while Elder Olson was referring to missionary service, I believe these words apply to all of us. And I am paraphrasing. He said, you will not be called to a place. You will be called to serve a people. Whether we are talking about missionary work or callings or ministering or other things that we feel called to do, it is all about the people. It is about nurturing our brothers and sisters along the path back to Jesus. And as we do this, we also serve God. Jesus is always the answer. All right, takeaway number three for me was that agency and personal responsibility are at the heart of God's plan. Did you notice this theme about personal agency and responsibility? It came up over and over for me as I listened to the different talks. The unveiling of the new For the Strength of Youth pamphlet was the crowning jewel of this idea. The name alone underscores agency. It is called For the Strength of Youth, A Guide for Making Choices. In the introduction, it says, The purpose of For the Strength of Youth is not to give you a yes or no about every possible choice you might face. Instead, the Lord is inviting you to live in a higher and holier way, His way. This guide will teach you about His way. It explains truths He has revealed. Make these truths your guide for making choices. Big choices, such as making covenants in the temple and serving a mission, as well as daily choices, such as how to treat people or how to spend your time. While others can help you, your spiritual growth is personal. It's between you and the Lord. He knows your heart and only He can be the ultimate judge. Do your best to improve each day. Keep God's commandments and honor your covenants and help others come closer to the Savior. Close quote. Gone are the long lists of do's and don'ts. There is a short list of standards, each of which is broken up into five sections eternal truths, invitations, promised blessings, questions and answers, and temple recommend questions related to that particular standard. It teaches the why behind the standard and leaves much of the how up to personal interpretation. For example, the section entitled Your Body is Sacred teaches about how best to care for the body. It includes information about health and wellness, chastity, dress and grooming, addictions, bad habits, temptation, same-sex attraction, and abuse. In the Q&A section, one question is... What is the Lord's standard on dress, grooming, tattoos, and piercings? Those of us familiar with the old For the Strength of Youth pamphlet know that there used to be a long list of do's and don'ts for this section. Now the answer to that question is... The Lord's standard is for you to honor the sacredness of your body, even when that means being different from the world. Let this truth and the Spirit be your guide as you make decisions, especially decisions that have lasting effects on your body. Be wise and faithful and seek counsel from your parents and leaders. There is nothing about hemlines, about necklines, about sleeves, or revealing clothing. It does not say only wear one pair of earrings or avoid tattoos. It says honor the sacredness of your body. It goes back to agency and personal revelation and personal responsibility. That puts the responsibility on the shoulders of the youth and their parents, which is completely in line with the entire Come Follow Me program and the ministering program and the other policy changes that have been made by our prophet in recent years. We are no longer being spoon-fed. Perhaps this is why President Nelson has told us that we will not survive spiritually without the constant influence of the Holy Ghost. We need that if we are to interpret and apply gospel principles in a way that will support our spiritual growth. The same idea was reinforced by Elder Bednar, whose talk I cannot wait to break apart and study. He is one of my favorite speakers, and I loved his talk. He spoke about the parable of the royal wedding feast, which is honestly not one that I was super familiar with. But his explanation of the parable and the historical context was super helpful in understanding what the parable meant. But the gist was that... We cannot have it all. We cannot pick and choose which commandments to follow, keeping one foot in the world, and then expect God to give us all of the blessings that he has for the faithful. If we want blessings and spiritual protection that God promises to covenant keepers, we must, quote, this is quoting Elder Bednar, choose to be chosen by the righteous use of our agency, close quote. Isn't that profound? We get to choose to be chosen by choosing to use our agency wisely. When Elder Bednar said, consider your ways, I felt strongly that I needed to ask the Lord to show me my personal weapons of rebellion. I do try to follow him and keep his commandments, but I also fully understand that I am so far from perfect and have so long to go. So I took that question to the Lord. I asked him to show me my weapons of rebellion, and he did open my eyes to me as I really am. He showed me one major thing, one major weapon of rebellion that I have a difficult time laying down, even though I want to be faithful and I'm trying to be faithful. We all have our own weapons of rebellion, and we all need to consider our ways, as Elder Bednar said, if we want a place at the Lord's table during the wedding feast. We must choose to follow him every single day. And as President Nelson counseled, and I am paraphrasing because I am not a fast enough writer to get it verbatim, we need to love God more than we love anything else. Give away all of our sins, embrace his doctrine, and follow him. Then we will find rest amid the confusion and chaos of the world. Love God, give away all our sins, embrace his doctrine and follow him. All of those things require the righteous use of our agency. They require choosing God even when it is inconvenient or difficult. As Jeffrey R. Holland said in another talk that I loved, quote, a true Christian cannot follow the master only in matters with which we agree. We must follow him everywhere, close quote. As Kevin Pearson said, loved his talk too, by the way. We cannot afford to take vacation days from standing in holy places. And as Dieter Dieter F. Uchtdorf said, the Savior is not saying, do whatever you want. He is saying, come follow me. I am committed to rooting out my own rebellion so that I can follow the master more completely. And I will be working on that over the next six months. All right, takeaway number four, my friends, there is an order to revelation. One of my favorite talks of the whole conference was given by Elder Renland on Saturday morning. He spoke about the framework of revelation. Personal revelation is personal, but sometimes it is hard to know what is revelation and what are, what is our own thoughts. His explanation of the framework and order of revelation will help in recognizing revelation when it does come. A couple of things that stood out to me about his talk were... One, we will only receive revelation within our purview or jurisdiction. And only the prophet receives revelation for the entire church. This is significant because sometimes I hear people talk about revelation they have received about things that are not within their jurisdiction. So I love that he clarified that. Number two, he said personal revelation will always be in harmony with God's commandments and covenants. So he will never give us personal revelation to go against his commandments and covenants that makes sense but also i think that's a bit of a sticky point for some people three when we ask for revelation about something god has already revealed we open ourselves up to be deceived and to misinterpret our feelings to see what we want to see interesting and going along with that if god has already answered a question and the circumstances have not changed why would he change his answer? That was kind of a little bit of a rebuke for me because I sometimes struggle with this. I go to the Lord and I ask him a question and I feel like I receive an answer and I try to implement that answer and it doesn't go smoothly and things don't work out the way that I want them to or that I think they should. And so so I will go back to the Lord and say, I know you told me to do this, but it's actually not really working. So Are you sure you got it right? (laughs) And even saying that out loud makes me realize how arrogant I must sound to the Lord. I'm essentially telling him, "Um, I think you got this one wrong. I have a better idea. When he is all-knowing and my vision is so limited... So I can see that I need to personally work on this. I know where I need to repent and to stop trying to counsel the Lord. When he gives me inspiration or revelation, that doesn't seem to make sense. And I can stop going back and asking him the same question over and over again, which I'm sometimes prone to do when it doesn't go smoothly. So I really loved, I loved that about Elder Renlund's talk. Okay, takeaway number five, leave judgment to the Lord. I loved Sister J. Annette Dennis's talk. She said, We are commanded to love others, not to judge them. And D. Todd Christopherson echoed her words by saying, Leave judgment to the Lord. I often think, and even sometimes say out loud, I'm so glad I'm not the judge. Because people's situations are complex and I don't always understand all the nuances and I don't want to be the one who has to sort out all the things and make the judgment in the end. But sometimes the natural man in me leads me to try to do that anyway, to cast judgment upon people. But what would it be like To toss all judgment aside and simply love people, regardless of their choices or circumstances. What if we could leave all the heavy lifting to the Lord, acknowledging that he is perfectly just and perfectly merciful, and that he will sort everything out in the end in the best way? Doesn't that sound freeing? I'm going to work on that. I think this is something that we all may may struggle with from time to time. I think it's human nature to make judgments about people because I I think our brains try to fill in the gaps of what we don't see or understand. And we sometimes tell stories and we make things up that that seem to fit the narrative based on their behavior, but we just don't have all of the information. So I'm going to work on that, on loving and not judging, leaving judgment to the Lord. And takeaway number six, which is my final takeaway, the best is yet to be. President Nelson said, and again, I'm paraphrasing, in the coming days, we will see the greatest manifestations of the Savior's power that the world has ever seen. The greatest manifestations of the Savior's power. Greater than parting the Red Sea? Greater than crumbling walls at the city of Jericho with trumpets and marching. Greater than raising the dead or casting out devils or causing the blind to see. Greater than a heavenly manifestation to a 14-year-old boy. What great manifestations of the Savior's power are yet to come. Will we be there to witness them, to take part in them? And how can we prepare ourselves for that? To me, that thought is exciting. We are in the final inning and so many miracles await God's covenant people, including you and me, if we stay faithful and turn to the Lord. Is life hard right now? For a lot of people, absolutely. The world is in commotion. Many hearts are failing and some people are leaving the safety of their covenants behind. But great miracles await those who believe and stay faithful, greater than any previous miracles orchestrated by the Savior's hand. Can we hold on for that, my friends? Can we stay faithful knowing that God will eventually make everything right, even the things that we do not now understand? Standing in holy places has never been more important than it is right now. But the Lord has not left us to navigate the treacherous world alone. He has given us a feast of inspiration and counsel through the mouths of his holy prophets. And he does that twice every year. Implementing their counsel will not only keep us safe spiritually, but will also help us to find rest for our weary hearts as promised by President Nelson. While it takes effort, our prophet has promised that it is easier to keep our covenants than to constantly seek for happiness amid worldly pursuits where it will never be found. We can do this, friends. We can go and do. Together, we can stand in holy places and be not moved. Today, tomorrow, and always. All right, my friends, your shine challenge for this week is to ponder what you learned at General Conference and to set one actionable goal to put something the Spirit taught you over this past weekend into action. We don't want to just learn. We want to apply. Application is what will make progress happen in our lives. Application is what will bind us to the Lord forever through all of the craziness that awaits. So let's do that, my friends, and together let's stand. Thanks for being here, and I will see you back here again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for spending a few minutes with me today. If you are ready to dive in deeper and join the stand movement Find me on Instagram at Lynette Shepard. That's two N's, two P's and an A-R-D or at LynetteShepherd.com. If you like what you heard today, please consider sharing the show with a friend or leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. That works wonders in helping us to find the people that we can help. Thank you again. And remember, you were born to stand. See you next time.